What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We had number one fan-requested interview tied with Sean Noriega. Garrett Fear on the show. One of my favorite lifters. Strong as hell. And the interview was terrific. It was awesome. It was informational. It was entertaining. It was funny. We talked about all that and then some uh, 90-minute interview with Garrett Fear. Terrific interview. I was also reunited with my co-host again, Bane. We give a little bit of a training update. We get into our topic of the week. We briefly get into our topic of the week. I should probably change that. We briefly talk about RPE, first percentage-based training. We'll get into more detail next week. We gave our takes initially. We'll get into your comments next week. But before we get into two white lights, I want to talk to you guys about Rivalus. Guys, girls, visit Rivalus.net. Get 15% off of your protein, your creatine, your branched amino acids, your pre-workout, anything you want. Use promo code Angelo15, A-N-G-E-L-O-15, for those of you who don't know how to spell my name. To get 15% off of any supplement you need or that you want. Just use that promo code. Save some money. Also, visit twowhitelights.com to purchase your t-shirts and to visit our blog. We'll be getting more into our blog in the upcoming weeks with the start of my prep for USAPL Nationals and potentially Bain uh, getting into his as well, uh, as far as the last five weeks going to AWPC Worlds, visit 2 for that. And without further ado, here is 2 White Lights. Monday, July 15th. Happy birthday, Alyssa. Definitely not a listener to the show. That's it's okay. my sister. It's okay. I actually just forgot it was her birthday until I said the date out loud. Happy birthday, Alyssa. I don't know Alyssa, but happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. You're 30 now. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, related happy birthday to my squishy. Nolan is 11 now. All right. Yeah. That's much younger than 30. It is. It is. I it bet is. he's going through less of a midlife crisis. I, he kind of goes through a midday crisis. He's, okay. He's, he's kind of a dramatic. That kid. happens. He's 11. Clinically yeah. insane at exactly. that age. Exactly. But we're in the evil lair. We are. Bane, this is your first week on in like, what, two or three weeks? Two or three weeks. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's been a lot of, just, you know, a lot of life, a lot of stuff going on. You know, we talked about this kind of going into the summer that um, there would be a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of changes that happened for me at the end of last year. And a lot of that was very family focused. And, uh, you know, we had that conversation that uh, I was going to focus on the family. And so... Uh, obviously the co-host Foreman Rosenzo is more than capable of carrying the show and we've had some tremendous guests and they have helped a ton too. We have. So we're probably just going to get into the Garrett Fear interview. You guys saw the title. You yes. guys saw me promote it. You guys heard me promote the intro of the show. He was on for 90 minutes. Terrific interview with him. I'm now at a weird place where I said that, oh, this is one of my favorite interviews. This is one of my favorite interviews. And the reason I've been saying that is because we've been having some really good fucking interviews. Yes, we have. Uh, with Skylar, Sean, Heather coming on the show, Dawson. Garrett and I know each other a little bit more, and this was a fun fucking interview. Mm-hmm. So 
We're going to get into that. We have our kind of topic of the week. You guys screwed me over by leaving over 100 comments, and then all of them were... Thank you, by the way. Uh, yeah, I guess. Thanks, but let's get to limit the... Let's let's limit the responses to, like, two paragraphs, not five. Don't write, don't write a dissertation on this debate between <laughs> RPE versus percentage-based training. So we're not going to get into your comments. We're going to give our takes first, but before we get into Garrett's interview and all that... How's training been going? You're like, what, five weeks out from AWPC yeah, Worlds? Five weeks from today, I'll be weighing in. Uh, hopefully we are celebrating Lily's, uh, you know, meet. Uh, she'll be competing five weeks from, uh, from yesterday. And then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so five weeks from now, I'll be, I'll be competing. I'll be on the platform. So very excited. A little nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie. Cause you know, we've talked about a little bit, uh, how my training has been set up, uh, in previous meets. And, yeah. you know, he did some advice from you and, uh, our field correspondent, Matt Wallace and, Maybe some of my training design was uh, outdated because I was peaking uh, too early. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to run a peaking cycle literally right into the meet. Okay. Uh, I think I had my last heavy lift five days out from the meet. So Nice. It's going to be going to be interesting. I'm excited about this. Yeah. It's very similar to what I've done in the past. And yeah. excited to see how that works for me, just kind of getting out of the maxing out two weeks before the gym, or two weeks before the meet in the gym, and then... Just peeking right into it and having those best lifts on the platform. Yeah, I'm personally, I'm I don't have any science to back this up, but I think you'll be better off doing that. I, I think it comes down to it. it. It is personal one, but at the same time, like I just looking at the the data um, and looking at the logic. When something's not working, adjust. Yeah, right. And and you know we we've seen it. We've known each other for a few years, and we've seen kind of the last. You guys mentioned two actually the last three meet cycles where great PR is coming in and still hitting meet PRs on the platform, mm-hmm. but the delta between, you know, what I was hitting two weeks prior and then what I hit on the platform continued to grow, and so that's a problem to me. Yeah, even stuff that has worked, even for me, I've changed because I think that I can be seeing more progress from certain things, right. like hitting walls in PH3. Uh, actually, me and Garrett kind of talked about it uh, during our interview, too, because mm-hmm. you guys listen to Nerds Who Lift. Great. By the way. Great podcast. Great, great podcast. Uh, go listen to it. I'm thinking about changing up actually getting a coach as opposed to not having one and it was like i was seeing progress but at the same time i want to see more progress right because i've it's good or where you're at but if you want to kind of expand say 500 wilks to 550 wilks Mm -hmm. continues to get the lead total you're going to have to make changes even if you're improving per se and and i think it's good it's uh, that brings up a good topic that we'll have to you know probably at this show but at some point what is that tipping point where it's like, okay, I, I understand what needs to be because you're obviously a student of your own game. Mm-hmm. You monitor everything that you do. Uh, at some point, you need a second set of eyes or a third set of eyes who's going to be not only very objective but also uh, very critical of what's going on so that you can make those tiny, tiny tweaks, to your point, to take that Wilkes from a 5 to 550 and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. And a uh, training update for me, I said last week I'll get into this more. Um Probably dive in a little bit more of it next week because mm-hmm. my prep is going to start for USAPA, USAPL. I hate the fucking. Can you be right on the board? Yeah, sure. Nationals? USAPL Nationals, <laughs> Raw Nats. Um, I've, I mean, I've said on the show 6,000 times already that I'm competing in it. Yep. So I'm going to start to prep for that coming up, but did my max out. Um, it was an okay day. Kind of knew it was going to suck because I was one week prior to when I was supposed to max. Sure. The entire week I've lifted once, didn't really peak correctly, still hit a technical PR, but I just knew that day, I just knew I wasn't going to get a, 17, uh, a 730 deadlift, a 360 bench, because yeah. just 
how I felt going into the gym and then not peaking correctly. Mm-hmm. And I was very clear that I didn't peak correctly because I cut it a week short so I could rest up until my prep. That's fair. I, I watched the videos. Obviously, I wasn't, I wasn't there for those, uh, which we do need to coordinate some training at some point. Yep. Um, so we can, you know, talk about that. But yeah, that, that's, it's not the Enzo that I'm aware of and, yeah. and that I, that I've competed with and against. And, uh, well, the positive for that is you're aware of it and there's a lot of time to build on that. Yeah. And still made, you know, progress in each of my lifts, yeah. but you know, just not, to. yeah, not the progress I wanted, but, uh, we'll start prep with, we'll start prep, I believe next week. Yeah. Next week, Saturday, I think yeah. that's when I start. And, uh, I promise two white lights listeners that I'll post everything to Two White Lights blog. So go to twowhitelights.com. I'll give you like a training log each and every week covering the PH3. So if you guys want the template for PH3, it's going to be posted. Nice. Each week, probably give you an update on it. Um, just Co- Coach Lane okay with all that? Oh, yeah. Coach Lane is is perfect with that. <laughs> um, he's too busy making insanely dramatic videos of how he's coming He's coming. He's coming for Nats. I love you, Lane, but some of these videos are s cringe. Pretty, pretty dramatic. <laughs> well, yeah, incredibly dramatic. But, uh, yeah, I'll be doing that per week up until the very last day until I compete at Raw Nats. So, yep. um, you get an in-depth review because I didn't want to write a whole review. That's a lot. It was just a lot of things yeah. that I had to type and I just, I think it'll just be easier for me because I'm looking out for me still. Will you ever not? I mean, no, I'll, no, for sure. I, I've known you for a few years now, man. Yeah. No, you won't. I'm going to look out. I'm, I'm, I, I understand you guys wanted the review. Yeah. But I, this can be easier for me to do it each and every week because I don't feel like typing a whole thing out. Are you Are you going to do a blog or a vlog? Not a vlog. No. I don't get to. It's like the same exact thing. It, it, correct. It's just me but talking you, into it. You, you don't want to type it out. So I'm saying, are you going to do a vlog? Oh, no, no. Like the typing out is going to be easier. I could type out 300 words quick. Okay. I... That's not going to be 300 words, a whole review. It's okay. going to be like 900 to 1,000 words. So, and then there's going to be a lot of stuff I miss. It's true. It's because true. if I'm doing the whole, because I would have to think, I would have to come up with the draft and all that kind of stuff. So if I do it week to week, it'll keep it at like 200 to 400 words, pretty easy, 15 minutes of writing. And then I'll post videos on Instagram. People want to do it on YouTube, Got even it. though Instagram is the same exact thing, if not easier. Because it's a minute video or several. I mean, you're only going to see like three videos and you can swipe. Yeah. But uh, I'll probably do it on that and then talk about the training week by week and show you the progressive overload, the jumps I take, the reason why I take those jumps. I'll, I'll have to ask if people, like, again, most folks don't ask about my training cycle, but I have to ask if people would like to hear kind of this last five weeks because of the adjustments that we've made. If people would want to hear how that's going. Yeah, for sure. Still, still basic Propillion plan. So if people are ever working with that table, like it's, not too far off that, but I may I may just start the the preemptive blog, and then if we get the the requests, and I'll do it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because same thing with the, for the PHRE, it's been just so many questions I've been getting, yeah. so I want to get to it. Yep, makes sense. But we got an interview with Garrett Fear. Great interview, Man. awesome interview, terrific interview. Quality is great too. I got him in studio for that. Yeah. Uh, pulled some strings, and here it is: ninety minutes of the one, the only Garrett Fear. And as promised, this man needs no introduction because the two White Lights listeners voted him as the most requested interview, tied with Mr. Noriega. He's tall. He's lean. He's handsome. He's got a fuckable deadlift. He's Garrett Fear. What's up, dude? 
Hello. Then that introduction was way over the top, but I'm smiling and I like it. And I meant all of it. I meant 100% of it. And if it sounds a little bit more clear, this interview is because we're in studio. I rolled out the red carpet for the most requested interview. Sorry, Sean. I couldn't do it for you. Oh. Yeah, and, I, 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 I'm sorry, put, man. And don't put me on that pedestal. My ego is big enough. So it, that that it is, that it is. <laughs> so we're gonna get into all of the basic topics that we get into all of our guests, origin story, technique tip, yeah. FMK. But before we get into that, how's training going? Training is going the best it's gone in my entire powerlifting career. Yeah, I saw some videos you're posting. Everything looks solid and tight like technique is looking great your squat looks beautiful yeah, uh things have cleaned up um my coach is awesome sean your previous guest the second most requested guest well tied um, there was a tie oh tied. yeah tied. Okay, i apologize <laughs> sorry if i just broke you guys' fucking headphones um my coach is awesome super responsive he like, never leaves me shorthanded. Like, every session, even if I think it ends well, it's not that he tells me it ended bad. Like, I, I'm constantly seeking improvement and in information. And there are a lot of people who say that, and they don't mean it because the second their coach gives them that constructive criticism, they're defensive. Mm -hmm. So he's always, always giving me something to work on, which is awesome. And I I do it pretty damn close to a T. There have been days where I haven't been able to take the, volumes, the volume when I do a two-a-day, and he knows that. Um, I've all, I, like, I still always put in the work. I try to get my RPEs as close as possible. Understanding RPE is, it's tough. And it, it, for me, like, the, you know, for everyone, for every athlete, that it alters day to day. Like, I could squat, let's just say, 605 and an RPE 8 single any day, but any day I could also take that out of 5. Okay. And judging that, like, there's, it, it's fucking hard. I've had a hard time adjusting to it. People like talk shit because they'll be like, what, eight? And I'm like, well, like, I kind of know my bench. It's usually slow. It's a matter of control, not speed. But there's no need to explain all that. Fuck, I used to make fun of RPE all the time. I used to make fun of all the douches who did RPE. And then I expanded my horizons like a smart person. And don't I don't think there's any one correct way to train, so on and so forth. That whole spiel, but. Yeah, and it's kind of perfect you bring that up because our topic this week is going to loosely be around RPE first percentage-based training because I've been getting in a lot of debates about that recently, and I was probably in the same boat as you where every time I hear RPE, I'm like, how the, f how the fuck can you judge that? RPE 7, RPE 8, RPE 9, mm -hmm. it can be so relative to the different person, so I, I probably have to expand my horizons just a little bit more because I'm still yeah, on that so boat. In in, in the programming, of, of at least from what I've seen um, of RPE, like a deliberate RPE, uh, there's a deliberate RPE assignment Yeah. that essentially as an athlete you have to fulfill. Um, problem is there are so many people who are bullshitters yeah. and just want to be perceived as fucking strong or that they're stronger than they are. And oh, there's also people who like think they're being humble by calling something that looked really good and uh, like really fast on RPE 10 mm -hmm. and and like it, there's this weird middle ground you have to find because like I, I find myself in both ends of that yeah in, in, in both sides of the pool um like just within my own head not necessarily publicly a lot of times I don't even like posting what the RPE I hit was because someone is going to challenge it whether whether positively or negatively oh you know what the Someone's funny th you know what the funny thing is is when they comment dude that was RP6 what the fuck are you doing stopping at that weight like 
Don't tell me what the RPE was. I'm doing the weight, motherfucker. You're it. sitting there. I felt it. Like, it was on my back, not your back, dude. Don't tell me what the RPE is. That's one I of the, felt it. You know, I'm going to – yeah, that's I, – I always forget to mention that. Most annoying things powerlifters say, reverse it. It's annoying when you comment on my shit saying what an RP is because yeah. that's that's a no-go. So, yeah, it, um, training, it's consisted um, – as of late, it's – been a lot of technical improvements mainly in the realm of like patience and just handling pressure mm-hmm. um uh what i mean by that is just like not rushing knowing what i have to do being confident in what i have to do it sounds very basic but sean said something to me that so many people i just know would just get so pissed off if someone ever said this to them um i had a shitty training day i like overshot my deadlift hard and that happened on accident. I tried to make the appropriate jump. And I overshot it by, like, a, a, an RPE or an RPE and a half. Mm-hmm. And I felt fucked in it. And, it, it, like, technically, it, it was shit. And I remember, like, talking to Sean about it. And I fucked up my back down. I just had a bad training day. And at the end of this whole conversation, uh, he's like, he's like, you know how you feel right now? Like, remember how you feel. I know you never want to fucking feel like this again. Mm-hmm. And make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah. Or, so, or something along those lines. Oh, yeah. And, and I was like, that is like that. Like, all right. All right. Sha- like, Sha- like the thing is, Sean's about like, like Sean's about work and results. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't care about the fucking bullshit in between. And he, he does. He, I mean, he does. Yeah. He, it's not like, it's not like, like, I, I, I could be like, hey, um, like, my girlfriend's dying. My, my fiance's dying. Extreme example. Um, I like it. Yeah. My fiance's dying. Uh, I have to miss squats today. No, dude, we got like no. Mm-hmm. I mean, and even then, it's not that extreme. Yeah. You know, he's he's fucking. It's not that he's an asshole. It's just when it comes to the actual work itself, you you just have to fucking try harder. Is basically his fucking is the, the whole part of it. And he's not afraid to tell you. Oh yeah, for sure. When we had him on, I could tell like there's no bullshit. Like there's not a big mm-hmm. bullshit meter there. No. Because mm-hmm. I, I think, and I could be fucking up his quote here because he said he wanted to make a shirt of it, and I said I'll buy. So hopefully I'm not messing it up. Uh, it's not about the input; it's about the output. Like that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So yes. especially with that, like results come first and that's the end goal of it. So, you know what? We'll, we'll get to it right now because you're passionate about coaching. You're passionate about results. You're passionate about the sport. What are some of those qualities an effective coach needs? Um, it's funny because, um, to be an effective coach, it doesn't require a whole lot of, um, unreachable qualities. And some people act like it's that way. And some people literally are just so dog shit mm-hmm. that, like, people n- now have a massively skewed idea of what coaching is. Yep. And I hate that. I feel bad for people. An effective coach is responsive, mm-hmm. always has a probable answer. Meaning, if they, like, also, if they don't have the answer, they're willing to do some research for the client or even lead the client in the right direction of research. Yeah. To help them in this specific topic. Yep. You know, um, they, like obviously like, pro- okay, programming like is not super hard, guys. <laughs> um, it's not super hard. Well, yeah, um, I mean, following the PH3 template for like three years now. So it's, it's, it, um, and it's pretty basic. It's not like extremely advanced. But, but the, like a good coach has to understand, understand like, 
specificity and why it's required. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't think, um, there are so many coaches who just prescribe shit they just saw on Instagram or that they, or like they, they know this bar felt good for them. So I'm going to have all my clients use the Cambridge bar mm-hmm. all the time. Oh, fuck yeah. Or I that Larson th- press. I've had three clients use, use like a Cambridge squat bar. Okay. Ever. Like that I've prescribed. It looks cool as fuck though. Don't, can't it's you agree on that? It, like when it's bent, it's pretty cool. Like. It's hard as fuck. Yeah, I know, but it looks cool on Instagram. So might as well, like, how, how else are you going to advertise your coaching? Wait, are you, you, I think you said bent. I think you're talking about the duffalo bar. Oh, no, yeah, I am. But I, now I know the cambered one's a spider bar, bar right? No, it's the, like kind uh, of the spi- a spider it's, bar is a cambered bar and a safety squat bar combined. A cambered bar is, is the spider bar without the harness. Okay. Both look cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know both those bars are both look pretty awesome on Instagram. Yeah. And so, I mean, and they, I mean, they do have to, uh, like they're not again, you don't have to like have a fucking CSCS to be a coach. Yeah. I don't think, you know, um, I don't think you need to, and obviously I'm going to be biased to that opinion. I don't have any certifications yeah. any, uh, like anymore. And like, of course I'm going to be biased, but it doesn't take a fucking rocket scientist to understand the sport. And then on top of that, just give people the attention they deserve when they pay you for your fucking attention. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, I, I talked about it in a uh, past podcast, uh, Nerds Who Lift. If you guys haven't watched that interview, um, go and check it out. But he I asked listened. me, "You listened? Oh, you heard about the kind things I said about you?" <laughs> yeah. So what I value is honesty. So yeah. honesty is big because the problem I was having with training, people weren't being honest with me. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had to find different ways to look for answers, yeah. and I was thinking to myself, like, shit, I probably need a coach. So I was yeah. thinking, and then I went on your Instagram live, um, kind of already knew what the answer was going to be once I asked. Of yeah. Coaches I should look at after Raw Nationals, and then pointed right at yourself, and I was like... Oh, by the way, the only reason I pointed at myself is because, like, not that I think I'm the, the dead-on perfect coach for you. Um, Sean said something once that, uh, on his Instagram story a long, long time ago that I remember, if you're not trying to be the best coach, you shouldn't try to be a coach. Mm-hmm. Now I took that for me as more as if you're not trying to be the best coach you can be like not better than everybody else. Yeah. I don't necessarily need that because everybody, again, like everybody's going to have a different response to stimuli. Okay. I mean, that's it. That's all there is to it. And, um, for me, like, like I just said with you, I've already been like deliberately analyzing you. That's mm-hmm. why I said me. Yeah. I like I just kind of knew this point was going to come. Mhm. Yeah, so and you, I kind of knew it was... that you can't like there you can't get to the top, stay at the top, maintain the top without other people fucking helping you be there. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of realized that too and I knew there was going to be a point where I was going to look for a coach and I've been hitting like those walls in PH3 um just kind of doing or and also looking at my own technique, but I was thinking to myself and you when you were explaining to it, it's like, well Garrett's an honest dude because one of the first times I talked to him, he pointed out the fact that I have a speech impediment and no one fucking does. And that's a funny what, thing. What's- because like the thing is everybody's thinking about it yes. everybody's now hyper analyzing it everybody wants to ask nobody's gonna do it i i just me and kaylee listened to this when you talked about this and i paused it and i was like 
I just can't stand elephants in the room. Yeah. Well, that's a, well, you know what the mo- mo- more frustrating is, the thing is, is when I'm talking and I could hear fucking people snickering with my speech impediment and then and i'm a teacher so i'm like i have like every single way to like combat like anyone trying to make fun of me for it but i'm like he's the you're the only dude to point it out like what the is that do you have a list are you doing that intentionally as a joke if it was real if it only came out then you had a lot of spit in your mouth a lot of saliva that's a problem you were anxious there were things i wanted to fucking know i'm fucking psycho maybe because i want to know that but i feel like it takes one it 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 adds it, it adds a personable level. It adds a – dude, we were in Pittsburgh. We were in Pittsburgh. I was helping out at an awesome meet there refereeing this meet. And there was this kid. And there was this kid I had known from Instagram. And this kid had – he had a fucking nub. He had a fucking nub. Yeah. His, it was like just above where his elbow would have been or it's at his elbow. Okay. And it's, it, it doesn't look like it was like – it doesn't look like there, there was like an accident. Okay. okay. And so – I reckon I kind of recognized the kid. He was talking to me, and I was just like, "So what happened to your arm?" <laughs> and then was there like just like, silence like that, just complete? Well, everybody kind of looked at me for a second, and the kid kind of stopped and like smiled. He's like, "I was born this way." I was like, "That's fucking like dope that you like lift." Because I saw his squat videos and mm-hmm. stuff. He's pretty fucking strong, and he's out of power lifting me. And we were talking about, and I was like, "I think I was, I was telling him about the." Um, like that strap they make, um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, for deadlifts, right? Or yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, it's like a weird prosthetic strap thing. Yeah, you could put he, it. He bought because of this conversation. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. It like everybody's looking at this kid's one arm. It's a kid with one fucking arm, and it's a nub, and it's moving. He's holding his phone with it and shit. And I was like, <laughs> dude, that's fucking cool. Like, add a way to fucking like like I think that's cool. Yeah. And, like, everybody's fucking looking at it. Everybody's going to walk away and talk about it. Let's get the fucking elephant out of the room, and let's clear this weird anxiety we all have about this kid's fucking arm. It doesn't matter to us. It doesn't affect us. If you're interested, ask. Yeah, for sure. And I just, I remember thinking, because I, I don't mind, especially when people ask about it, like, it's it's a speech impediment. It's kind of funny, too. It's a lisp that I slur my words on, and I'm a fully grown adult that has a podcast, and I have to talk a lot. So <laughs> I, I picked a shit – I picked, like, the two shittiest thing to do it when you have like a speech – It's a sitcom. It's a fucking – it's a yeah. 99 sitcom. I, I picked the sh- two shittiest job to have a speech impediment, podcasting and teaching. I have to yeah, talk all the fucking, fucking time. assholes all the time. Yeah. So – But I remember it's thinking – podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So students and powerlifters, two of the biggest brutally honest dickheads <laughs> in the world. But I remember thinking if he's going to talk about my list for my speech impediment in public or in a room full of people, he is probably going to have the balls to tell me that my squat sucks and my deadlift sucks or my bench sucks. So the honesty, <laughs> the honesty is needed when you're coaching. Yeah. Well, and to be uh, also everybody like. I wouldn't, as a coach, especially in a professional type setting and relationship, mm-hmm. even though me and Angelo are friends, I would never say your squat sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I would never say that to just about any client. Like, huh? <laughs> huh? Man, so right. Scenarios <laughs> where I've had to pull people back, but yeah, I typically wouldn't say somebody's squat sucks. But yeah, well, I mean that's kind. Well, you didn't say my speech impediment sucks. You said it was there. I feel like growing up, your speech impediment sucked for you. Oh, yeah. I feel like... I had speech pathology classes. You probably got fucking bullied through the 
fucking roof. Mm -hmm. That sounds fucking horrible. Yeah. Fucking people wouldn't expect this, but like, dude, like I had kids like, by the way, all these kids years later were really fucking cool to me. Yeah. This was like when we were young. Oh, but I don't know if you kind of had like the people didn't make fun of you or bully you just a little bit when you were a kid, you kind of needed that. I think everybody needed that, but I'm saying you probably got it fucking extra because you had a fucking lisp. Yeah. You had something that was distinctively different that everybody knew was there that was hilarious to you. Mm-hmm. you and I was go- short, so that, that fucking just yeah, added yeah. to it. And, and I had buck teeth. So, yeah. I mean, Italians, especially in that school, didn't get – we didn't get kind <laughs> treatment, man. <laughs> it's the minority, okay? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think we're a minority, but uh, I think we're. I think Caucasians are doing pretty well. <laughs> it was a joke. I know. I know. I just. You know what? I don't want to get. We got them in label already as being misogynist. I don't also want to have white privilege on this podcast too. Oof. Yeah. Oof. We're, we're. Yeah. We get it from you know both ends there, but. Yeah. So. Okay. Keep so going. Yeah. Uh. So. So. How did you get your start then in powerlifting? Powerlifting specifically, man. So, or fitness, or picking up a barbell, or just um, getting in the I gym. Mean, the thing is, I'm going to just, like, I, okay, how did I get into, like, I'd always, in terms of, like, fitness, I had, for a long, most of my life, always been, like, an, I was always an active kid, mm-hmm. I was always a competitive kid, so, like, excuse me, mm, a burp, I'm drinking carbonated water, um, the, that, well, the uh, flavored Kroger water, by the way, plug. Awesome seltzer water. Awesome. Is it like Lacroix or Lacroix? No, not even close, dude. It's okay. like fucking, I, it's it's it fucking tastes like fruity soda. If I, no, if, it's just water. Yeah. Sodium. If I'm gonna add to my stereotype more, I drink San Pellegrino all the time. <laughs> that's my that's uh, my anyway, shit right there. Um, and I was always an active kid, and I was always competitive. So I, yeah, sure, I didn't do like fucking like normal sports, and I didn't do any normal sports until I was. I guess I, like, wrestled in the fifth grade for, like, a winter camp. Mm-hmm. And Define fucking normal sport. Hate it. I hate, like, I never did any, like, school sports. Oh, okay. I never did any club sports. Like, we would play fucking backyard football hard as fuck every day of our lives. Mm-hmm. I just, I fucking say fuck so much. And we would play basketball, like, basically fucking street basketball all the time. Like, we would play every sport we could as kids. We were really, we were outdoors kids, you know. We were, I have 16 brothers and sisters. Like, we couldn't all fit in our fucking house and hang out all day. 16? You said 16 there? 16. Are you an Irish Catholic family in the 30s, or what? We are not an Irish Catholic family. We're also not Amish or Mormon, and we don't have a TV show. Well, my dad had the same amount, I think, or like 10, but he was an Italian guy in the 50s, so. Yeah, no. Who lived in Italy. Like, they kind of needed that. But, But, yeah, we were fucking outside all the fucking time, fucking little hoodlums. Like, our whole lives. Mm-hmm. And even when we moved to, like, we moved to this, like, tiny, tiny, tiny suburban town in the middle of Ohio. Um, and, like, we were still, like, hoodlums. We were basically hood rats who moved to, like, multiple small Ohio towns. It was funny. Yeah. But, so, but, like, I mean, I didn't do conventional sports. But we were all pretty athletic. I wasn't super hand-eye coordinated, actually. But I could, like, I was good at dumb shit, like climbing and sprinting and, like, jumping onto shit. Like, dumb shit like that. And, um, shit that nobody cares about, which is ironic because people care about the made up sports with the balls. Yeah. Isn't, isn't those kind of sports bizarre as fuck? (laughs) Think about hockey. Think about hockey for a second. I just always get into this rant about hockey. I like hockey. I like watching hockey. I'm a big Blackhawks fan. 
Who the fuck thought, like, oh, you see that ice over there? Let's create something. Let's get some skates. Let's get a black thing and just fucking hit yeah. it around. Like, how are we going to hit it around? With our hands? No, a yeah. stick, you dumbass. What a else? Stick. How else do you play this you know sport? What? Let's, let's angle the stick. Yeah, because so we could get more, like, action on it and more elevation exactly. to it. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's anyway. a bizarre fucking sport. We- Running is, like, so simple. Yes. We digress. So... I like, did a little bit of sports. I was never really fucking good at them. Best, the sport I was the best at was track, and I still wasn't like fucking great. I could have been better if I tried harder and would have gotten better as I got older because as I aged, I became more athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was fucking obvious. Like in the seventh grade, I was a dork and it came to like fucking shooting a basketball. Mm-hmm. And, I feel you. um, yeah. And so we, I don't know. I'm like, I was a, like, I was a fucking, I was, a, I was, stupid kid but i was on heroin by the time i was 14 years old i was like addicted to prescription pills like that and like okay. i've been using 14 yeah i've been using like prescription drugs regularly for like okay yeah that is the common one in uh high school is, well not, uh... it really fucking wasn't in my high school either that's the in my town it was like there was like a small group of people who did it a lot, and a couple of towns over, it was kind of running rampant. It was kind of in the area. Yeah, but I think but that's like, like the biggest carryover is yeah. through prescription to that. Yeah, and so like I loved like Xanax and shit. Like Xanax was my big thing. Started and, early. Well, the first time I ever used drugs ever, I was eleven years old. Good God. And it was in a, a super odd scenario. Like my parents had split and were like legally kidnapping like in a weird way legally kidnapping us from like ohio to indiana okay and like i wasn't in school for the time and it was just a tough it was a really weird and tough time Mm -hmm. and long story short um we lived in a small apartment and somebody else who lived in this apartment like always came home high and i always saw her and i finally convinced her and all of her friends and she was like 15 Oh, okay. So like, let me go and get high with them. And so they did. And I got super fucking baked. And then there was like another kid. Uh, he, he, this kid came in from outside. He had like this, the one distinctive thing I remember, cause I was also like really fucking high. I was 11 year old kid high off my ass. The only thing I really remember about this kid is that he had like big, he looked like the lead singer of Hawthorne Heights. If anybody knows that band and knows the lead singer, he's this awesome guy. Uh, <laughs> He's, he, ironically, he's like he has uh, he has Asperger's syndrome, okay. but he looked like him. The coolest had, people ever have Asperger's syndrome. Yeah, and he um, he had a small tin lunchbox that was in, like a Super Nintendo controller. Yeah, and he opened it up and we smoked more weed. And then I like these kid, these other kids convinced this other younger kid, I like me, to do cocaine. Man, you lived a probably, whole life, and it probably wasn't even cocaine. No. Because this was a 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid. Yeah, that's so probably knows, a good point. What I actually did, I got sick as fuck. I was sick as fuck for like three days. And my my mom was working her ass off. I mean, she was, I mean, working her, I'm literally working like three fucking jobs. So mm-hmm. she was at home a lot. And so like, I just fucking slept in this bed and like, when, like, I mean, literally for three days, woke up, diarrhea, vomited, slept for eight hours straight. Like, I, it was horrible. And so, like, I swore off drugs. That didn't last long. Started smoking weed again when I was 13. Got really into, like, spicing K2 in the start of high school. Mm-hmm. And then, But, like, I had a seizure. And so, I like, then, like, after that, I hated it. 
And I just fell down this super long fucking line of constantly rolling into the bigger high. Yeah. And yeah, by the end of it, I was 15. I like had over, I could, I could like count how many times I'd overdosed, like knowingly overdosed, Mm -hmm. like remembering, like, like passing, literally passing out and wait, like people think when you overdose, you die. That's like not always the case. Like your, your body's resilient, especially when you're fucking 15. And like, I was also a small kid and I never really did much, but I always overdid it. And like, that's how I was, but basically had like kind of like a movie epiphany, but in pure vanity, I like saw my, like, I felt like at the time I had like seen my body for the first time in years. Okay. And I was just like scrawny. So I got into the gym because of like vanity. I initially. Who doesn't? I think that's the way we all start is through vanity. Yeah, no. My, just how I got to that point was just a, a little bit fucking weirder, you know? I would say and, a little bit more than a little bit. And, uh, I don't think so. I think, I, I think people like don't talk about it as much. I didn't even talk about it mu- as much until like literally a year ago. Okay. And, you know, cause right when I hit like five years clean was when I started to talk about it more. Okay. A little over a year ago, like right before I hit five years, I was excited about it. It's, it's all good. Oh yeah, for and, sure. And so like I fucking like a kind of a jackass, like talked about it a little bit too much if i'm being honest okay but yeah anyway and so a lot of people are are fucking drug addicts i have clients i have clients who have struggled with drugs Mm -hmm. i have friends tons tons of friends who struggle with drugs all who are powerlifters plenty of powerlifters yeah i think a lot of people who are bodybuilders like i think i think there is a truth to like people come into this sport like because they or people come into they come into, they get into the gym and stay in the gym because like they, they just didn't they weren't okay with with what like, who they were and like it just varies on how and it sounds super basic but like I think it's a it's a good thing to think about that like in, in some way like that like I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being fucking preachy right now I'm not trying to be all right but, so you were in high school and uh... yeah I pledged to join the football team okay and fucking went to like start hanging out with this kid Colin. We lived across the street from me for years, so I was, like, off and on friends with, and, like, went into the gym, and, like, the first day, we, like, after I had had fucking, like, nine days of horrible withdrawals through high school, fucking sucked, and then, like, a week after that, after I had, like, gained 10 pounds in a week, mm-hmm. I, like, I started going to the gym. Okay. And, like, the second day I was at the gym, I was exhausted, because the first day was, like, dumb CrossFit shit. We benched. And I failed. I didn't tech like I no. I technically failed a sixty-five pound bench press. Mm-hmm. I was like basically sixteen years old. I was like one hundred and forty pounds, one hundred and thirty-five pounds, maybe a buck forty-five. And yeah, I mean, like I, the, but that but the, that moment was where like I didn't like that I was weak. Like, okay. That's the, ironically, no, it's, two, it's two a demoralizing feeling. Was, Two days in was where, like, I specifically remember, like, thinking to myself, like, I want to be strong. Yeah. But, like, for a lot of that time, it was still vanity. Okay. Like, I mean, it was all vanity for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And the powerlifting um, is a really – is a very good story. Uh, how I got into powerlifting is a very good story. I met some of the fucking coolest people on the planet at this small, tiny gym, uh, this local uh, family-owned gym in Mishawaka, Indiana, right outside South Bend. And basically South Bend. And I was like, I worked a lot. So all I did was like, I went to this job, 
uh, went to this job, which is at another gym and then went to this gym and like trained some people and then trained myself. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like I did that like around the clock at this time. And I met, uh, do you know Mike Baxter? I do not. Uh, he owns East Race Muscle. Oh, okay. East Race Muscle. Indiana. I heard of that. Yeah. Um, I met those guys. I met okay. East Race Muscle guys. Evan, Mike, Heath, Brandon, Austin. Um, you know, I met those guys. Okay. And they like convinced me because I was like this kind of skinny, like 18 year old kid to do this meet. And like, I was on the verge of like a 500 pound deadlift. Yeah. Yeah. Like right there. And so I did it. I did this fucking shitty, basically non-sanctioned push pull. It was sanctioned, but not really. And it was a power lifter who started a bullshit federation. Okay. And, um, dude, I was hooked. I was fucking hooked. But I went to my next meet thinking I was the best fucking pilot in the world. And then I got my Dylan Nostrand wiped my fucking <laughs> my wiped my face. He wiped my whatever that fucking saying is, he wiped my face on the floor, he wiped the floor of my face, whatever the fuck that <laughs> saying is. I've actually I don't think I've ever used that saying. Well, I mean there's a first time for everything. Yeah. You did a pretty good job with it. Whatever it was. I usually yeah, say I, feed me my lunch. Like he fed me my lunch. Well, then when someone kicks my ass. Wouldn't it be, like, pretty demoralizing if somebody fed you your lunch? Toss my salad. Wait. Wait, what? What? Uh, what do you do? <laughs> and so, yeah, that's how I got into piloting. And ever since then, like, I've been injured a couple times. I had, like, um, like any like an evulsion fracture, essentially, in my okay. adductor. Which is, like, saying it's a fracture, it's just the muscle, like, pulled part of the bone off. My adductor magnus. And so there's just this gap. So my adductor still works. It's just basically shortened. Mm-hmm. And fucked up. Okay. It doesn't work how it's supposed to. All right. Um, so it, it's obviously a passion towards the sport. Did, but when you first got into powerlifting, did you think that you would be at the level that you are at now? <laughs> um, that's a hard question to answer. For me, like answering it, like I have to, like I feel like I answer it like semi politically. It's like I always knew I wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. I always knew I was going to like work to be, I say here, but like I'm saying here just because of how you said it. Like, I don't even feel like I'm there. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm like, saying it will like sometimes people need to take a step back of seeing yeah. where they started, what they went through to kind of get to that point. It might sound a little cheesy, but no, it's, it's, it's fucking like, I remember meeting you for the first time at brick house being like, Oh shit, this Garrett fear. Like you, I fucking knew your name before you went into a random gym. You know what I'm saying? Cause you had a beast deadlift beast total. I knew who you were, but that was like a year and a half ago. That was like a year and nine months ago. Yeah. And still, that was kind of my train of thought. And I'm 26 years old. I'm a 26 year old male. And like a 21 year old or a 20 year old at the time walked into the gym. I was like, oh shit, this Garrett Fury is a fucking beast. Hmm. That's cool. So, I, I mean, mean, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I, I actually another funny story. Cause I don't know if you remember this. Um, I saw you walk in and then you were like, oh, do you get, do you, and you, I was doing my openers and you, you were working out with Yako and a bunch of other, the, uh, a whole like crew of people yeah. squatting and you're like, oh, you want to work in with us? It's going to take way too long. We have a lot of, you know, people working in. I'm like, oh yeah, sir. And you're like, oh, don't call me sir. I'm probably much younger than you. I'm like, yeah, I know you are. I'm like, you're Garrett, right? You, I saw you on King of the Lifts. You're like, oh yeah, what's up, man? And you know. <laughs> I, At the time, it was not King of the List. Or Deadlift Till I'm Dead. Deadlift Till I'm Dead. Yeah. Yeah, Deadlift Till I'm Dead. 
good page. Good page to like kind of see who's up and coming. Yeah, and I, I just remember that, and like people don't realize how kind of cool that is. Like, because to a point where like I don't think people who just got into weightlifting in high school thought that people would know their name at just even if it's something as small as little gyms. And it's not because you're of, a personality; it's because you're a made, beast lifter. I got made fun of all through high school, like mm-hmm. not all through, but like junior junior year. My basically my whole junior year of high school, I got made fun of for like being really into lifting. Yeah. And I would say like at minimum, like that, that school, there was only like 70 kids in my grade. There was actually 69. That is real. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. Um, nice. Nice. I'm sure somebody who will listen to this can back that up. And, uh, I would say like probably 15 to 20 people I graduated with at some point or another after high school all hit me up for some sort of help. Yeah, that's a pretty good feeling too. And I remember that in high school, like how the judgment was so, you couldn't like, you couldn't enjoy something. Yeah, you couldn't like, if you would brag about a squat or something, because I actually, my high school is full of meatheads. So like you played football and lifted weights. That's what you did. So actually we had the weird thing of, we would, like make fun of kids if their bench sucked or like you would get made fun of in the weight room if your bench sucked because it was just a bunch of testosterone filled meatheads my first squat max out ever when i was 16 i squatted 315 Ooh, you got me beat yeah. on that i was 225 yeah. and my my first deadlift my first deadlift max out when i was like the same age when i just started was 350 Ooh, that's it pretty good just, too my bench well, yeah, I, I missed 95 pounds. I do remember that when I first got into the weight room. But I do remember because I always had a big ass, like, and I, I my I was just able to like balance weight and squatting. Kind of just made sense to me. Like I just understood for me squatting. For me, deadlifting always made sense, even though I like technically and like mechanically sunk at it for a long time. Mm-hmm. But regardless, yeah. just doing the movement made sense to me. Yeah. So. And and one thing I've noticed with you, especially since I've met you and since I've, you know, got more involved in powerlifting, because I didn't really get involved, like, into the real, like, nooks and crannies of powerlifting until probably last year, two years ago, uh, probably a year after I started weightlifting, is you're very consistent with the progress you've made from meet to meet. And I believe you're coming off your best performance, correct? Yeah. Yep. Uh, it. I mean, it's, it isn't my highest total. Mm-hmm. Um, it is my highest Wilkes, and for me, it's like my most important meet. Um, I was just doing like I was in a I was in a funk for a long time, and it had nothing to do with anybody other than me. And like I just kept doing these meets, like I was doing big meets, like I was doing competitive meets, mm-hmm. and I was always fucking injured. Yeah. And all like in in some capacity, and like you're always hurting, but you're not always injured, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't be always injured. I was always injured, and so like the one meet I wasn't fucking super injured, where I should have had, or I felt like I should have had my super meet was the 2018 Korean U.S. Open. <laughs> yeah, and we all know how that went. Okay. Yeah, had a great meet in there too, but. I and and that was another thing I was like kind of new to the sport at the time and I kind of didn't really understand like the um what it meant the how prestigious the meet was I just thought it was a regular old meet when I saw it and then I just kept on seeing like footage and footage and footage of it and I'm like oh shit that's a big yeah. meet and and the, the other half of it is 
I really don't think I've been that consistent in progress in terms of like my overall numbers, mm-hmm. not for the past, um, you know, year and a half. The past year and a half has been more about like, it, it's been about taking a step back. Okay. It, it, it's, it's been about like fixing my shit because like there are like, I, sure, my stuff wasn't complete dog shit. Looking at what my stuff is, how my lifts look now and how my stuff look, how my lifts look then. I keep saying stuff. Um, yeah, I would say they're dog shit then, but it's not like somebody watched me lift and always cringed. Sometimes on my deadlift because I was a fucking dumbass. Mm-hmm. But like, that's not how it works. Yeah. I benched 405 in the gym for the first time April 2018. <laughs> That was the first time I benched it. And then I got injured and injured and injured and injured and injured and kept doing these, kept doing these, kept doing these. And I mean, or, 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 or kept peaking or, or not peaking, but kept like, I mean, really just kept doing these. I should have just taken more time off. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do for some powerlifters, especially when they've made like really good progress and they find themselves. When you're young. And um, when they find like on the cusp of being like, like the rankings, like within the top 10, within the top 15, it's, it's like, man, I, I'm really close to an all-time total or an all-time number here. So it's hard to well, take that step back. The things that, like, hit me were, like, the – like, I really wanted that 700 squat and that 400 bench, that 800 deadlift. Yeah. And by the way, like, for those of you that have, like, recently pulled, like, in, like, the 720 or 730 for the first time, mm-hmm. and, you've, and you've been kind of doing this a while, like, 800 is not right around the corner. No. I need to break it to you. I hate to break it to you because I thought the same thing. Dude, I pulled 765. Yeah. For the first, and thought fucking 800 was right around the corner. And I mean, it was almost a fluke. Yeah. It was almost a fluke because like my only, like my, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's hard to explain how I view it now. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I had a, I mean. Yeah. Cause what with your, the meteor coming off of, is it, uh, Great performance for you, but now you got the tribute coming up in what? Three weeks? Two weeks? Yeah, three and a half, three, something like that. All right, so what's your goals going into that meet? Uh, what are you changing your training and? The goals going in, have like the best fucking meet of my life. Like, have the most fun and, and, and put up the best performance I, to put up the best total I can on that day. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to leave feeling like I could have done more or that I should have just done less. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's, that is my prime focus. I want to fucking win. Am I, could I win? It, a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of crazy, insane things would have to fall into place mm-hmm. on my end and other competitors' end. This, this is one of the most stacked meets I've ever seen in my fucking life. Yeah, I saw that too. And I'm, that's why I'm really excited to, cause it, it's, but I'm stoked. Oh, yeah, I'm, for sure. It, the I've competition never, should, like, excite certain people. I got 54th at the 2018 U.S. Open mm-hmm. overall. I Wilkes like 5'10". Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, that's 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 what happens when you go dude, to a really I, good meet. It really helps. Like it, People ask me like what keeps me motivated, and I kind of always answer like it's not really motivation anymore. It's routine. Mm-hmm. But like the, the motivation, the motivation for me is I keep losing meets. Okay. Well, and you are and you are challenging keep, yourself too, and I'm gonna keep losing meets mm-hmm. because I'm gonna only do these meets where I know there's somebody else there or a lot of people there who can beat me. Mm-hmm. 
And I one day want to be that person. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. And it's a hard concept to grasp for some because even with me, because I've, you know, I, I've never actually never been at a meet where it's like extremely competitive. The f next one coming up, USAPL Nationals, is definitely going to be, be the meet that's way more competitive than all the other meets I've done by far. But the fact that you have always been in those high level type meets is probably going to work out in the long run for you. Yeah, I mean, I I won. I got best lifter out of me and then decided to travel for my next meet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I got, like, best lifter at my, my like, last wrapped 198 meet was a while ago. Yeah. And I decided to, like, go out of state for all meets from that point. Yeah. And then I went to a, a bigger meet in Ohio where, like, training partners of mine who were stronger than me in the same weight class in a weight class lower than me mm -hmm. were competing and other people we knew like where I, or I knew, you know, I like, I like, that's where I wanted to be. And then I did the U S open. And then I did that, that same meet I did the previous year, the following year. And then I did iron dog. People don't know, but like iron dog, dude, like a fucking like 24 year old, this kid, Houston, he's 24, 23. He pulled 804 mm -hmm. at 220. <laughs> Nobody said fucking shit about it. So yeah. he started his own page. Which is weird. He started his own page to like try to highlight the nobodies. The concept is great, and like he's uh, apparently going to do like really big things. Mm -hmm. I forget what it's called. Yeah, he wants to. He's been like talking about like scholarships for powerlifters and things. Okay. So there's some cool ideas being talked about, but I don't know the legitimacy of the whole thing. Um, but I mean, the kid pulled fucking 804 at 220. Like, I mean, Dan Mazenik totaled like 2050. Yeah. Uh, James Dolman totaled like. I'm a fucking 2100 or something like that. Yep. Damn near close to 2100. And like, I got third. Like, I got third at that meet. And fuck, now I'm doing the tribute. I'm really fucking nervous. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a good feeling to have, though, being nervous for a meet. And in all honesty, I am also really excited as a spectator to yeah. watch fucking John Hack do 2K at 181. For sure. And speaking of Hack, I think probably my favorite moment in powerlifting. And I'm not even fucking around is here. It, is this the hands? What hands? Okay, never mind. Keep okay. <laughs> so, so no, definitely not that. Is Was you and Hack in the cage at the Arnold? <laughs> because I just thought it was so cool because I was just – because powerlifting meets, I get hyped for them. I, get, I love seeing my friends compete. I like seeing the people I know compete and do well. But that was one of those times where I was just like – kind of watching it like this is entertaining because it's just two dudes deadlifting and who could deadlift more dude and it was the most fun training day of my life john is john's awesome mm -hmm. i like i i'm like i'm not even sure if john like actually likes me like we don't we've never had like really in-depth conversations we've talked i guess we kind of, we have actually mm -hmm. i think he likes me we went to dinner and stuff but like then again like i mean i'm also like we're very different and I, I don't know how that sits with him. And I, I just know it doesn't sit with a lot of people. Okay. And, but, uh, anyway, and I love John. I, he's fucking so cool. He's fucking fun to hang out with. He like, it, he's hilarious and he's a good dude. It's like, you just gotta meet him and see how the fuck he is. I mean, he's awesome and he's really nonchalant and he's not like, he's not a douchebag in any, in any capacity whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, just to all, He's a gent. He's a straight up gent. Yeah. And, um, how that came about was really cool. And me and John had like seen each other all through that weekend. And recently 
like we had trained together at Indy City and we had like gotten dinner so we were like had slowly seen each other more and we had seen each other at the USAPL meet the honor we were kind of walking around together for a little bit and then I just like threw out this idea to someone I know an animal Eric <laughs> and he's like yeah like just come over and, and bring John and lift I got a guy here in the cage Justin who's also a really cool strong dude mm-hmm. uh, who's who lives with you guys and like what? So me and John went over there and like I, my clothes, I had clothes in the car, but like, cause I was traveling. So I closed in the car. So I had Kayla in the car and get my clothes and like, I shit my pants. Nice. I don't know if anybody knows that. I full blown shit my pants in the cage. I'm no, I didn't me. know that. I was watching I, very closely. Dude, too. I, if you watch, I'm only in the cage for like a minute after that. And I <laughs> fucking like swaddle to the restroom. Dude, what do you shit my pants? <laughs> What, what was it like? What was it from though? Just like nerves, or just you just had no, to do they, it? I, no, like when I pulled eight hundred, like I got to my knee, okay, I missed it, and I started to shit myself. Wow, yeah, I didn't really even... hard, and then this, that <laughs> really happened hard. again at my meet on seven ninety three. Oh, okay, it happened again. Damn, but but at that time I didn't shit because I actually also like started to vomit. Okay, and so I just I I couldn't finish. I didn't have any energy left. It took a lot out of me. Damn. Well, it's actually definitely my favorite moment now that someone shit themselves in the cage. Yeah, I shit myself. That's good. I mean, it's the animal cage. Like, they shit in cages. And I pulled a really fast 770. Well, yeah, that's why it was – so I, I brought up on the show too because we did a show like right after the Arnold, um, just like what were our highlights. And in all honesty, I didn't really like too many things because it was just – it's too much going on. It's, it's too much. It's too much stimulus for me. But then my favorite part was just kind of going by the cage – and just watching, you know, Steffi, CC go. But then I thought, like, the idea of two people or three people just trying to out-deadlift each other was awesome. <laughs> and you got, like, some of the best deadlifters in the world and some of the most aesthetically pleasing deadlifts I've ever seen, too. Because, like, that was the funny thing was when they saw 500 pounds come off the floor, you go, like, you hear the, <gasps> and how fast it was. Or, like, oh, you see 600, how quick it moved? Not, not even close to your max, but people were just entertained of how quick the things were moved. And I don't know. I just always thought that would be a cool thing to consistently have in powerlifting is competitions are great and all. Full power meets are great and all. But, like, a spectacle like that I think could, you know, be a little bit more entertaining to, like, your casual gym goer. Yeah, um, I agree. And actually, we're not sure yet, but... Uh, me and John may be doing another deadlift event in the cage next year. Stay tuned. Not sure at all whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's just been talked about with, with the guy animal a little bit. Nothing crazy. He likes, loves the idea. He's just got to get confirmation. It'll be dope. For sure. But, I, I would love that. Yeah. That was, it was, that was an, that was an awesome moment. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I loved every second of that too. Like, dude, I was in the cage all year last year too. Mm-hmm. Because that that event with Steve Johnson and Rob Hall, mm-hmm. like like me and Rob were like texting one day and asking what he should do. That was that whole thing was my idea. Oh no except, shit! Yeah, yeah, top to bottom, That's fucking awesome. I said to, except I said to do it with seven hundred pounds. Okay. What, what, what was the weight six. they agreed on? They did six. They did six. Okay. Yeah, and they did it like sixty times. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I think like that more rep thing could kind of keep it, you yeah. know, entertaining for a longer time. But yeah, yeah. I like I like those things. I because sometimes mm-hmm. powerlifting meets can get long, 
dry, a little bit boring, especially like just waiting around for lifters. Great thing about that, lift, 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 all the entertaining stuff. And it's, in my opinion, the most entertaining lift, and it's the deadlift. Yes, and digress, digress, digress. The yes. tribute. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, like goals, I would love to squat like 740 plus. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's the, that's the like minimum number I want. I don't want to go absolute balls to the wall and squat, but I will if I'm having a great squat day. That's all I'd say. Yep. Bench, I want to bench a PR. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to bench like a five or seven and a half kilo PR. Um, again, we got to see how things are after squat. Yeah. And deadlift. I don't know. At this point, is it like, it, am I jinxing myself if I say my deadlift goal again at this meet again? Because, <laughs> like, oh, I want to pull fucking 804. Yeah. Like, I want to pull 804. I'll pull 810. I'll fuck it, 810. I want to pull 810. <laughs> yeah, just come and, up with a different number. It's like, oh, yeah. I want it. <laughs> no, it's like overshoot. Like, no, I want 850. And then, yeah. you know, maybe if you do that, like 800 definitely be there. Or 804, 810 will definitely be there. That's crazy. Yeah, just try it. I don't know. Might work. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see that meet. And uh, we've been talking about it because we saw, like, the initial hype for the meet when it was announced and the roster was stacked. So I'm pumped. Pumped to see you. A few of my like, favorite lifters are there. You and Hack, two of my big ones right now. Hack's my favorite lifter. <laughs> yeah, Hack's – I mean, I'm 181, so that's the reason why he's Dude, like – I call him – I call him – 181. Yeah. You can't talk about relative or absolute strength anymore because mm-hmm. that is the fucking pinnacle. Yeah. for I, I I think I called him LeBron or Michael Jordan of the 181 weight class. Just, Dude, no. He's on another fucking, level. Fuck Wilkes. Fuck everything else. Mm-hmm. He's a stud. Dude, 2K. <laughs> Is a total that is is mythical to fucking super heavyweights sometimes. Yeah, then when he when he did nineteen what was it nineteen twenty four last meet? I want to say it was like nineteen sixty seven. Okay, I am not sure, but it was nineteen. It was nineteen hundred pounds, and I was and the way he lifted the you know the nine for nine meet, the way he went about it, I was like, what the fuck? Nineteen sixty two. Nineteen. I was off by two and a half kilos. All right. Well, you you were closer than I was, but. This is my fucking sport, dude. Yeah. I remember fucking everything. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it, the way he lifted that weight, nine for nine, the way he went about it was so fucking perfect for me to watch. And just sitting there like, this is this is one of the best performances I've ever seen. It's like a swan song. And can then to know that he could almost get women, 2K one day, it's going to be... Can you imagine how many women have to be like on in that fucking dude's DMs? Yeah, Dude, for that sure. dude's dick... Like, I wonder if it, like, if it, if it gets hot when girls are around because they're getting hot mm-hmm. around him. Dude, he's the Well, I mean, pinnacle. I do. He's the pinnacle of man. That yeah. is it. <laughs> dude. Just, <laughs> like, dude, John's a fucking G. There's just no other way to put it, man. Dude, there's no better person on the planet than John Hatt. All right. John well, Hatt's God. I mean, fuck it. I, dude, I'm the biggest fanboy of John Hatt. I can see that. Yeah. Dude, like. Well, dude, and I know. know with, and he better be listening. Dude. Yeah, yeah, probably I mean, will probably someone's will. gonna be like, "Dude, Garrett's going <laughs> hard. Is he gay? Does he like you? Is it weird?" I mean, if it's for one guy, I don't think it's gay. He's the best, dude. Everyone's got one. When right? he does two K in sleeves at one eighty one, I think there should never be a debate of who the best power lifter. Yeah, it's... I put him on my Mount Rushmore. We had the uh, show topic Mount oh, Rushmore yeah. powerlifting. I put him oh, on yeah. there. Um, oh I, yeah, I put Steffi, Eddie. He- 
him, and Mark Henry. I would put... I would... I don't know. We'll talk about that one later. All right, yeah. Keep it in the back burner because that, yes, that, that, topic, that topic on that one was really hot. Oh, okay. So, um, all right. This is something that our listeners really wanted to hear you talk about. When we did that whole Instagram fan request, they wanted to hear about you describe your fuckable deadlift. It's yeah, it's it's aesthetically pleasing. It's beautiful to watch. It's unique too. That's why I think people enjoy seeing it. It's unique. It's narrow. How did you really adapt to it? Man, I don't. I think I just feel like everybody wants this awesome, super in depth. It's nothing crazy. I mean, like, um, and I think I said it on the show before. It's it shouldn't be anything that crazy. It's small little tweaks we make progressively. And, but it was also like multiple giant random tweaks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I pulled sumo. Yeah. Uh, I do. I, very, very, I remember saw those videos. In like the first two months, I pulled conventional. And my mm-hmm. first 350 was conventional, but I pulled sumo. I was really bad at it. I basically pulled conventional. I pulled like what I call like a low back sumo. Okay. <laughs> and um, a low back quad sumo because my feet at the time were like almost forward. And... Um, did that for a long time, like made adjustments over time. I've ended up turning my feet out, trying to set my hips lower, um, trying to work in, like trying to be a, a tech, like a more technical sumo puller without doing like the mobility work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ended up tearing my, the, the first thing was I, um, it was like, I technically don't know if it tore technically, but it did bruise really bad and I could not do anything. And it was both my glute and hamstring. And over time I figured that out. Okay. Um, so, like, I was never diagnosed. Ooh, fucking. But I, I had a, a bad strain of some sort. And then later, tore tore my fucking inductor. And started pulling conventional. When I started pulling conventional, at the time, I literally went to YouTube. Yeah. And typed in, like, I knew at the time I watched Mark Bell a lot. I loved Mark Bell. I still love Mark Bell. Um, can I guess the video? What is it? The Ed Cohen Silent Mike one? No. Okay, that's I how I was, that's how I, I started getting my cues. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's why I got my cues. Was that it video? Was the, it was the Brian Shaw. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like six foot. I was I was six. I was probably a little bit taller. So six one and a half. Then six like. I technically also never knew how tall I was. I apologize to anyone I ever told I was 6'2". Mm-hmm. I can't confirm I am 6'1". Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, for all those who ask, and... Um, it's Googled. Like, if you Google your name, it says Garrett Fear, age, and height. Because <laughs> I Googled your name, definitely. Dude, that's, like, the probably the second most question I get asked on Instagram. How tall am I? Yeah, it's weird. I get that one, too. I think it's just, like... I want to know if your lift's impressive. So if you're five four, and I'm close to that, but if you're five four, it's not impressive. So, so I'm pulling this Brian Shaw super wide stance, super wide grip conventional. Now it wasn't snatch grip or sumo width, but it was really fucking wide. So that's where I started. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Tom Martin deadlift. Uh huh. And at the time, wasn't a huge fan of it. Okay. Um. But I, I, at the time, I didn't like that. I, I always hated when my shoulders rounded at this time. It was very early on in powerlifting. I hated when my shoulders rounded. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I started mimicking somebody who's not even relevant to powerlifting, someone like no one will ever even know. And then one day I heard the jump cue for the conventional deadlift. Okay. And thought to decide to record myself jumping and see where my feet were when I jumped, when I ran and jumped. Okay. And I realized I could not fucking see both of my feet on my shitty phone at the time. So I started, like, just jumping in place and feeling what felt the most comfortable. Started there. Um, But just over time realized how narrow my hips were and just brought it in and brought it in. And then, yeah, I mean, that's just how it got there. Yeah, and you you said that it's like people are looking for a really profound sort of thing that made them change their stance, but that's the reality of what it's going to be. It's going to be you doing something enough times where you have enough research and knowledge of something that doesn't work and what does work and being able to find what you're most comfortable with. So, like, the little tweaks you're going to make are going to be the most important. Uh, yeah. It was, um, yeah, nothing crazy. Yeah, and it's um, very similar to my sumo stance. It was just, like, I hurt my back a little bit conventional deadlifting, and then I noticed that I wasn't as powerful. I didn't get that leverage being out, because I tried super wide, because I thought that's how you do it. Because I yeah. saw some videos, I'm like, oh, yeah, be super wide, and that's how you sumo deadlift, and I just wasn't comfortable with it. And I was just bringing my feet in. I watched that Eddie Cohen, Silent Mike, um, uh, Mark Bell, kind of like uh, the YouTube video, and I saw I, I saw Ed Cohen was, like, more narrow on his sumo stance. I was like, oh, okay, let me see how that works. And that's what I did. I dig it. I mean, sounds perfect to me. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, that's – Interesting to hear you say that, and now we satisfy the two White Lights listeners who wanted to hear that, too. So, but mm-hmm. you know what I love most about you, Garrett? Oh, God. Do you know what it is? Wait. Mm, how blunt I am. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, th- I really thought you were going to say your dick, but it is it is how blunt you are, and your honesty, especially when it comes to squat depth and competition. Yeah. So I got an idea because whenever there's a high squat in a competition, people DM two white lights and want us to talk about it. And I don't really know what to say other than, yeah, I thought it was high. I thought it was low. I would get into a rant about, you know, like equip lifting. So I'm going to pitch you an idea. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's a high squat, I'm going to FaceTime you like I am now. And I'm going to yeah. have you rant about it for a minute to a minute 30. I, but I may not I, I may not necessarily rant, though. It, no, no, like, no, no, no. It's fine. If you don't <laughs> – if you just say the same thing I did, that's the fucking segment from now on. Because okay, I'm saying right. the one – I'm saying the same thing over and over on each show, and I get into a rant because I'm like, guys, sometimes, you know – Depending on the federation, they're gonna get, they have like different definitions of where the top of the hip is and where the bottom of the hip is. Like, I, I don't know what you want me to do about this. Like, I know we have to hold people accountable, but I, I don't have a good rant for you. I'm sorry. So, I'm just gonna have you do it. If you have a good rant, you're gonna do it. If you have a shitty rant, perfectly fine. We covered what people wanna hear. Yeah, I don't care if people squat high. I've said this a million times. I do not care if you squat high. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to say you fucking. I don't even. I don't. People think I also need them to say for my own satisfaction that they squatted high. No, 
One, the only time I need that is when you did it in a fucking meet. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about your training. Yeah. Because if, if someone calls you high in the video, like, in a comment, just say, yeah. Or, like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. Like, whatever. Yeah, it, fucking... it's a problem when people get, like, really offended by it. Yeah, I mean, I get offended when people tell me my shit is high when it's, like, clearly... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but work, someone will always call high because but, my right hip is always high. Yeah, um, but some people don't know that they're high. Some yeah, people think the they're problem. getting depth, and then because I've seen it happen with a few friends of mine, people were calling out the guy for squatting too high, and then his next meet, he got red lighted on squats. Like, uh, you probably should have listened to some of the trolls. Sometimes they're not trolls. Sometimes they're literally telling you what you need to hear. What was his first name? I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot do that, Garrett. Uh, if he's okay. listening, he knows. Yeah. But yeah, it, it happens occasionally. I and and in meets too, I do like sometimes I like when people kind of do that rant because we're trying to hold people accountable and we're trying to like maintain the integrity of like certain <laughs> records and certain uh, federations too. So saying, hey guys, you got to look at depth a little bit more closely because you're either robbing someone of a victory and a world record. So I, I accountability is fine. Yeah. I just, I hate the, like the delusions of grandeur. Mm-hmm. I mean, every, like everybody talks to me about fucking like, uh, like Matt Mitchell and Tom Callis. Like everybody talks to me about those guys, but like in those guys defense, like now they're doing a meet where like, they're, like they're going to have to hit depth. Mm-hmm. So that's all I care about. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. And um, Matt's going to bomb out probably or hit a really low squat, by the way, because he blocked me again because he's still squatting super high. He posted this fucking stupid picture. Okay. Of him squatting. I saw this. And it's this thick-ass green line at like a weird fucking angle. <laughs> and it's just like, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, I saw that, and it's like, I I don't, I guess I admire the fact that he's really trying to change his squat depth, but I don't, don't understand, if you say you don't care, don't acknowledge the fact that people are calling your squat high. Because if you make a whole video saying you don't care, then you obviously care. Or if you make a giant response post. Yes. In general. That too. The promo. We bought that up on the show too. Dude, what do you? What is this? The fucking press? <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Like, and even then, like, you had to make it on your fucking your actual fucking page. Like, dude, I've posted the same fucking thing for four years. Uh-huh. I very, I very, very, I, I'm very consistent. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> why do people like? It, it started as a training log. It's still a training log that just more people see that I can communicate with. Mm-hmm. And like people, people like it's your highlight reel. You're like, well, right now, like I'm fucking peaking. Yeah. It'll be my highlight reel in my fucking off season too. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do an entire video log yet. Ooh. All right. But um, yeah, man. It, it, I don't know, man. All right. Well, Instagram freaks me out. What's up? Instagram freaks me out. Yeah. Yeah, it can be weird sometimes. A lot of cringe yeah. shit on there. Yeah. But, including myself. Yeah. I mean, I've always found you entertaining, though. That's the thing. But here's, here's like, because I think if, 
people were to describe you, like in these small circles in powerlifting, like I've heard like all like the different things from like for you. Oh, I, I, that guy's a tool, or I fucking love that guy. It's kind of like this. There's no real middle ground there, but I, I always kind of come to him, like he's entertaining, and I wouldn't care about anything he says if he wasn't really good at the sport. You have people, to be good at the sport in order for people to hear your voice. Because if you have one and not the other, no one's going to give a shit. Thank you. Yeah. First and foremost. You're welcome. Um, that you, that kind of fucked me up because I wasn't. Thank you. You're oh, welcome. Oh crap. <laughs> but yeah, I, I actually lost my train of thought. Okay. So, well, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm that charming. It's it's the I, charm is to be clear, real. I did not think that's where you were going with that. Okay. And like I I blushed if I'm being honest. Okay. Well, speaking of blushing, um, I'm gonna call you back because I can't see your beautiful face. So. I'll call you back shortly. I'll stop recording, though. There you are. All right, and now to our segments that we like to play with each and every one of our guests. We do Technique Tip of the Week here on Two White Lights. Not going to lie, me and Bane are kind of running low on the Technique Tip. So, Garrett, if you have one cue or one tip to give someone that changed your life that's profound, what would it be? A good way to envision, like, pulling slack on a conventional deadlift. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, is that like, you know, a a deadlift is a push and a pull, right? Um, so like you're essentially just to to make it as simple as possible. You're pulling from the upper body and pushing from the lower body, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We know that. So again, let's keep it very simple. When you grab the bar with your upper body, you should already be pulling. Mm Mm-hmm. The pushing comes later, right? When you set your hips in a position or whatever, however you do it. In order to pull slack, you have to already be pulling, and you want to think about keeping your shoulders as far away from the floor as possible. Mm -hmm. That's my technique tip. I like that. I always tell people to kind of focus on the, like, the pushing motion. Because I feel like whenever I see, like, the dog shit kind of thing and the, uh, the super, like, jerky pull, I think you're, they're focusing so much on pull, and that makes sense because it's called a pull. I just think they're they're just focusing on just one and not the other. Yeah. So I'm like push. Let's, let's try to get that push motion too. And usually they kind of stay a little bit more upright. But and the reason you don't see it with as much sumo pullers is because there just isn't as much you like there isn't as much pull in a sumo deadlift as there is in a conventional deadlift. Yeah. For sure. All right. Solid technique tip. It's on deadlift. You guys will appreciate that. All right. Now. We had a whole topic on this once. I like asking every guest that comes on the show this. What is one of the most, or the most, annoying things powerlifters say? Ooh. And it, it, it's a hard one. It's like uh, Noriega said it's like picking his favorite M&M. <laughs> it, it, it is a tough one. Um, because powerlifters are all idiots. Yeah. Like, By a very nature. Don't don't take it don't take it any don't take it offensively. Yeah, um, there's like a few like majority a heavy majority are not smart. Yeah, I mean it's a sport. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that's how most sports are, unfortunately. Um, so powerlifters in specific. Side note: One time, I started a note on my phone because mm-hmm. um, I, when I was younger, I wanted to do a YouTube channel, and I was going to do one called "Shit Powerlifters Say." Something similar to what, um, like Sean and Russ just did, but like 
no, it would have been nothing like that. Okay. I would have, I would have sucked. I would have fucking sucked. Yeah. I had one note on it. <laughs> and it was, can you pass me a tissue? I have porcelain a bit in my eye. Because I actually, like, wrote what I, I, I something I heard a powerlifter say in a powerlifting gym. Yeah, and I don't so, think that one's that common. It was, <laughs> it was gonna be, it wasn't gonna be like shit powerlifters say often. It was gonna be like more shit I've heard powerlifters say. That actually would have been good. That would have been yeah. like a really, like, that would have been a unique one. Yeah, and so, though it was, can you pass me a tissue? I got horse, <laughs> horse liniment in my eye. <laughs> Um, so the dumbest shit, is it the dumbest shit? Well, it's, it's something that, all right, so like a cliche, okay. you know what I mean? Like, cause, all right, yeah. so if I'm going to give you mine, it's whenever anyone compares powerlifting to something that's not powerlifting. And yeah, like the warrior captions. Yes. The gladiators. So I'm just going to tell hit. you a bunch of things I fucking super hate because okay. why pick one warrior captions? Yes. One suck. Yeah. Depths will be there on meet day. Mm-hmm. Um, two. Oh, what's, what's a good one? Oh, um, why? I'm even guilty of this. Why are we all saying we coming? Oh, Noriega told he he created it. Yeah, it's I, I know that. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were asking literally. <laughs> everybody fucking like everybody says it. Everybody or 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 we are coming or I'm coming mm-hmm. or like why is everybody I'm arriving? Why is everybody orgasming? Yeah. I don't. Uh, 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 <laughs> I'm guilty of it. Why is it stuck? It yeah. sucks. I've, I, I've honestly never said that. And I just noticed on a bunch of posts. And then I bought it up with Sean when he was on the show. And he explained it to me. Like, all right, now I find it hilarious. The uh, fact that I, it started from that. So this isn't something I see on social media. But this is something I've probably heard at every single meet I've ever been to in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's always during the deadlifts. Somebody who has, who has a dog shit technical deadlift misses past their knee. Yeah. And they walk off the platform and say something along the lines, or somebody else says something along the lines of, we need to do more rack pulls. Ah, all right. That is, that is, and like, I never see it online. I do, but it's for like really stupid, irrelevant people. Like irrelevant in every standard. People you just wouldn't even want to talk to because they're just that stupid. Um, yeah, yeah, that's probably, that's probably like going to be my little snippet for that. Okay. I like that. I like that list right there. That's a solid one. Um, a lot were mentioned when we had the topic before, but yeah, I, I like those little things like it's I'm coming or something. I, the other I one is that. like when somebody comments like easy peasy, like easy peasy. And I don't okay. know why that pisses me off so much. I'm, I'm probably mildly guilty of this one is when you say like at Easy peasy. Oh, ooh. that one's weird to me. Okay, yeah, I I saw Actually, that. Actually, my dude, my really strong fucking friend Carson Dallin, he fucking says that. Really? Dude, yeah, ben I love Paul Carson. Introduced me to Carson Dallin uh, via Fortnite. Carson's strong as fuck. Go check out Carson. Yeah, uh, I like Carson. Peasy. He's a really good dude. Um, His Instagram is like Dallin Power. Yeah, and you guys already know Ben Poor if you're listening to this. Yeah, but for sure. Guys, check out Carson. Carson's a fucking freak. I've I've uh I've thrown him on the show a few times as far as like me admiring him and becoming one of my faves right now. Only because he's a Illinois powerlifter, one eighty one, and he's a stud. He's but, a stud. Well, I mean, he's a fucking I, showbird. Well, that's why cliches is something all powerlifters say. That's why it pisses us off because it's a cliche. Yeah. 
Like if one yeah, person said yeah, easy yeah, peasy, yeah, yeah. any one person said yeah, easy so peasy. Like I fucking hate you for saying. Okay, warrior captions. Yeah, I will judge warrior hard. Warrior captions. I, I I probably fucking hate you. Yeah. <laughs> there are very few people who make warrior captions, and the only reason I find it acceptable is because I know them personally, and I know for them, it in their head, it is that. Okay. So maybe maybe I need to consider that more sometimes. But regardless. Well, see, that's the thing I never see with the people I follow. But then I usually see it reposted, like on a meme page, and that's where I get cringe. <laughs> so that's that's like where my source of it comes from. But mm. yeah. Um, all right. So two white lights favorite FMK. For those of you who don't know, FMK is an acronym for fuck, marry, kill. So we're gonna start off easy. Fuck, marry, kill. <clears throat> FMK. Squat, bench, deadlift. <clears throat> Fuck deadlift, marry squat, kill bench. Okay. All right. I always marry deadlift. No, squat's my favorite lift. Okay. I I would fuck squat. It's attractive, don't get me wrong, but I always get nervous. Mm. Always get nervous during too. a squat. That's why I love it. Ooh. So you're going to marry the person that makes you nervous? You have to. Gotta, I don't I know, mean, man. You you, huh, you can't be completely like sub, like you can't be can't, I don't know. Alright, well, I'm just, I'm just wondering shit. <laughs> I want some, I want some spice in my life, baby. Yeah, alright, that's, that's a good way to look at it. Ugh, just put your thumb in there. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna need that occasionally, if you're married. <laughs> like, that's, it yeah. gets dry really quick. Yeah. No pun intended. USAPL, SPF, APF. And I love USPA, cause I, obviously, you compete in USPA. Mm, Mary, USAPL. Okay. Fuck SPF. Kill APF. Ooh. Now, I, I actually married APF. Because, because there's one good, still has questionable calls sometimes, but regardless, a good meat. Mm-hmm. SPF meat that I like. There's one. What is it? Reebok Record Breakers. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty breakers. awesome meet. Slingshot record breakers now. Okay. Yeah, I've only competed in APF until this recent USAPL meet. So I put Mary for APF. You. Yeah, I know. I knew I knew that was going to piss you off a little bit. Yeah. But not going to piss me off. Well, but I don't really care actually that much. <laughs> you why I don't care is because like that's you and like you you have a standard that, that you compete to regardless mm-hmm. of the APF. <laughs> well, here's the thing with the APF. It's well, I'm so here's there's not a lot of raw lifters. So like the raw lifters like all kind of have to bury their squats because it's hard to not sometimes. Like yeah. I've never really seen a raw lifter at APF like not be able to bury their squats. Everyone's pretty good with it. But I just like how the meets are run. And this could not be an APF thing. This could be an Eric Stone thing because the dude runs a really good meet. Mm. So that's the reason why it's like he got me into powerlifting. He like kind of broke me in a little bit. The meets were really run well organized and ran. I didn't even notice like squat calls and, you know, in all honesty, I squat calls seemed fair. I actually got red lighted for a deadlift once and I got pissed off. <laughs> I got red lighted on a deadlift. I looked at the red light. And it was a 705 deadlift. First time I pulled 705 in my life. And then I didn't even like celebrate. I got so pissed off. One person gave me a red light. And I look like the biggest douche in the world. Yeah, I, I smirked, I, I smirked at the light. I remember like, that. What the fuck by is the way, that? Okay. I hated you. I don't doubt that. I'm a hateable for, person. For, for a month. I never For a you. month? It was, uh, it was unfair to dub you. Really? Was it for that, though? You, you, were, you were stronger than me. 
Okay. When, wait, when, when was this? This is when I was a douchebag. This no, was but the, when was I stronger than you? Um, like, I, I don't recall this. Because you even competed at like, the same time. I felt like you were stronger than me. Okay. I felt like you were stronger than me. Like, my numbers may have been higher. You were one person who, like, dude, I'm always fucking impressed with your lifts in every capacity. Oh, thanks. And that's true. And, I mean, yeah, like... Obviously, they use they, like they need work, but like they're, you have the you have the most consistent lifts of anybody I've ever seen. Oh man, you're so gonna make me consistent. blush now. That's what it, I think. That's what it is. Okay, but I'm pretty sure. When was that? Fuck, two years ago, one year. Yeah, I remember this. You did you wear that fucking blue? Was it at two uh, XL? Yeah, or B, yeah, I remember it. Okay, it was at two XL because it's like either the meets are are in. 2XL or, like, you know, some other, like, hotel in Illinois or Grand Rapids and Manchester once. I remember that. Okay. I do. But, yeah, that's, I, I hated you for, like, a month. Okay. Well, that's good. Actually, I didn't actually hate you. I can't say I, I, I don't really hate anybody. Mm-hmm. Except for some people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think, uh, yeah, I always said it, like, with hate. I think there's, like... Two people or three people I legitimately dislike in powerlifting. No, like, in powerlifting, hate. everyone I've met so far has been, like, pretty cool. Yeah. I like, it's either hate. they have, like, dickhead tendencies, but don't yeah. you have friends that are kind of dickheads? Like, I don't hate anyone in powerlifting, I don't think. Yeah, like, hate's a strong word, but yeah. I do think there's, like, people – and I think people on the show would know who I'm going to say, but three people I just kind of really dislike, or two, I think. But, yeah. But, um, alright. FMK, USAPLSPF, APF. I like that one. Alright, this one. That I don't even know why I thought of this one. Bridgeford, Steve, K. Mary Kaylee, fuck well, Bridgeford. Kill Steve because he's bigger than me. Okay. Well, see, that's, I knew you were going to marry Kaylee, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to get the other two. <laughs> kill, kill Steve because he's, because he's like way bigger than me. Okay. Like, Chris is a lot bigger than me too. But, like, I don't know. Steve scares me more than fucking Chris does. So, like, oh, okay. let's just get him out of the way now. All right. Yeah. All right. And here's the last one. And depending on how you answer this, I might not air this episode. Brocast. Power Project. Two White Lights. <laughs> I'll edit out the pause. <laughs> <laughs> um... I mean, in reality, Brandon Allen and Annie Huang are not listening to me right now. <laughs> it's not that. It's not even that. That's not even my biggest concern. It's just like, <sighs> I think, I okay. Here's a real answer. Okay. And and why I can't answer it? Because Mark Bell's podcast is in a completely different direction now. Okay. So if we want to talk about the actual old. And I'm going to be honest, I've never listened to the Power Project. I listened to the broadcast. No, not the Power Project either. The new Power Project. I'm talking about the actual Powercast, the old Powercast. Yeah. With Jim McBee, Silent Mike. Yeah. And Mark Bell. If that's what we're talking about, I'm marrying that podcast, fucking yours, and killing uh, Brandon and uh, the broadcast. Okay. Because, because Brandon breathes too loud. Ooh. All right. He does a little bit. Even though I probably do too. I was actually a little bit worried about that earlier because I actually am having a really hard time breathing through my nose right now. You're fine. You're fine. Trust me. I I edit all the podcasts, so 
I'm pretty, I'm pretty much just going to say that you would fuck. I, th- so this whole segment is just going to be you fucking two white lights and I'm just going to leave it at that. Not even all the other stuff you said. It's like, and that's what I was hoping you would answer. Okay. Cause yeah, we've been talking for a while. It's been a great interview. I'm psyched. I'm happy about it. Good. And coming to Chicago anytime soon? Yeah. I'm going to have to. I have a lot of friends there I miss. Yeah. I need to see, I need to see you more. Yeah. Well, I'm coming to Indy soon. Because, uh, yeah, I was supposed to come out mid-July, but I'm going to be, like, out of prep for a little bit. So I was going to not be in the gym. So I wouldn't be able to work out at all. But no. um, August, I'll definitely be in Indy. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah, so train you and Ben. That'll be a lot of fun. And, yeah, when you come out to Chicago, feel free to come to Surge, get a lift in. I do need to go to Surge anyway. Yeah, Surge is a badass gym. I love that place. Definitely need to go there. Yeah, and then we could have you in the studio. We could have you on again because I think this interview, two white lights listeners are going to love it. I'm positive on that. I'm guaranteeing it. I think I'm an annoying fuck, and, like, whoever is the first person to say, I think you're an annoying fuck, too, I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know, like, yeah. And I think, I okay, I want to make a public apology for a not shit, okay? Okay. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) All right. Good luck at the tribute, man. I'll be rooting for you. Thank you, man. Uh, have Good fun while. What's up? Yeah, I'm excited, man. And uh, when is that again? Uh, October 16th through 20th. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep, October, dude. October's. Gonna... Well, actually, I was gonna ask you, which I don't know. This is probably a stupid thing. I might even edit it out. But Power Surge. Think about ever doing that one. Me and no, Illinois. I thought about doing the Eight Man Elite. Oh, okay. Well, oh, that well, that would be a great one too. But Power Surge in Illinois. Cash prize it in it. Good. Yeah, a lot of really good competitors there. and It looks really good. So, yeah, open recruiting on that one. A um, little bit of a little bit of a tampering, but I'll do it. I think I think someone is dropping out and doing a different meet in Cleveland. Okay. Not sure. I won't say names yet because I'm not sure. Okay. I, I might even have even looked if he said anything yet, but, yeah. All right, so again, thank you for coming on. We love to have you on again sometime. We awesome. will be in the studio. And again, good luck at the tribute. Be rooting thank for you, man. You. And we're back. Thank you again, Garrett. Hope you come on again. Good yes. luck in the tribute. It's gonna it's gonna be exciting to watch that meet in general. That's gonna be awesome. Me. That's uh, is there gonna be a stream? Do we know? I have no clue. Probably. Yeah, I would assume around, so. Dig around for that. And, uh, I would assume, but the people who I'm going to be watching are definitely going to post and oh, keep yeah. me updated and that's what i wanted and it's and i said on the interview garrett hacker my some of my favorites right now yeah. and i've been saying that a lot recently because i think last week i said ashton roscoe is becoming one of my favorites yeah i think it's just there's a lot of good powerlifters now who i think are emulating the perfect powerlifter sure and or something i admire and i think the list is growing because at first it was like five now it's like getting that to 10 to 12 you're becoming a fanboy. I am. Anthony. Yeah. I'm not mad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be as big a Garrett Fear fanboy of Hack as much as he is. Because he professes love quite – to a point where he almost got a little uncomfortable when I was interviewing him. Even but, for you? Wow. Huh? Even for you? Wow. Yeah, I was sitting there like, all right, Garrett. Uh, <laughs> chill, dude. But, um, but, yeah, I'm starting to admire different lifters and trying to emulate certain things that they do. That's fair. The uh, tri- tribute's in San Antonio or Austin? 
Don't know. Texas. Is it, I know it's in Texas. I'll, uh, all right. Not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on I'm that. i dig around and see if the, uh, see if the we have two white lights presence at the tribute. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, so we got our topic of the week. We do. And what a topic. I bought up last week. It was supposed to be the topic last week. I asked Dawson about it. He gave a, he gave a pretty good brief explanation of what he prefers to do, RP, first percentage-based training. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys did not, as far as what I've read. No. Oh, my uh, word. It's not brief. And, but we, and, again, we do appreciate what you guys post. Just remember that I have to read this on my phone while I do this, and it's kind of difficult, especially when you throw in all these scientific data, rationales for everything. But... Garrett's interview was 90 minutes, 90 really, really good minutes. We'll probably get into your comments next week. but And I kind of already gave my take on it last week. Okay. Of RP, first percentage, uh, percentage-based training. Yep. The PH3 is percentage-based. Yes. But I also think it could be correlated to RPE pretty well. Mm-hmm. Because percentages should kind of match RPE in a certain way. It's Theoretically. A, yeah, like, if you're going to do RPE... A good way to start with RP is do percentage-based training, mm-hmm. and then like, okay, maybe that was RP seven, and it should have been an eight, even though we did eighty percent. Yeah. So then you maybe up the percentages and give you a number that might be a little easier. I'm just thinking for me, the big thing I have because I prefer percentage-based training. Mm-hmm. Throw a decimal system in RP. If you throw decimals in there. I would probably be a little bit bigger fan of RP. Like RPE 7.7. Getting close to that 8. Because when I start certain workouts, certain exercises on squat, RPE, it starts as a 7. Towards my ninth rep, it gets pretty damn close to an 8. Sure. Because I'm getting exhausted towards those last reps there. You can appreciate that. So, if but here's what the great thing I do. During the percentage thing, it's like 7.2. 7.5 because it's 75%. Right, right. Or 7.7% or or 77.7% or something. Right. So <laughs> RPE 7.75. Yeah. So I mean, you could get specific with I think Lane Orton actually does that too cuz he's like RPE 8.5. I'm like, yeah, that's actually a good number cuz I'm not going to say that's an 8, but it was pretty damn close to a 9. Why right? not go 8.5 in there? Yeah. So perfect medium, but I still prefer that percentage-based training because I believe that you're like in that same realm. I so so thinking about my training again, I use mostly you know Pillin's table and what I have found with that. So you know the coach that I've used over the last five years, uh, it, Ron typically will as you're getting into you know as we call it week three, week four, which is when you're into that eighty to ninety to hundred mm-hmm. percent uh, for the cycle. You know we that, that's when we start talking about RPE, and so then we'll we will adjust the percentages. So what his goal is, uh, and Perpillion's goal was with the table, is the number certain number of reps within a certain ten percentage range. Okay. Okay. So you know if you're again you're working the eighty nine percent, so that's going to be sets of two and three, and based on it as you're getting towards that, you know, hey, you do two reps, and that two reps felt like an RPE 9, right? Or this is like, this is max effort, or the way it's moving, it looks like it's max effort. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. We're not going to go up anymore. We're still going to do another set and do those two. So we get the number of reps in there, so we're getting the work done. So mm-hmm. I think Propillion's table do, does kind of provide a, a hybrid of it to a point, if you're honest. That is that is my only issue with RPE, because I, I like the idea of it. Uh, 
Because on those days when you're feeling good, it's like, hey, man, this is what should be an RPE 8. It's actually feeling like an RPE 6. This is great. Yeah. Right? I'm just feeling it today. And so I like that concept, but then also I just don't think people are very honest about it. Yeah, and Garrett said that during an interview, too, is people kind of bullshit, and it's yeah. hard to do. And it's like, it's and you get both ends of the spectrum, because it's like, the bullshit meter is high for both ends. Like, oh, that was RP8, and it looked like an RP10. Or someone trying to be humble yeah. and say it's RPE7 when it was like... Or it was RP nine, even though it was RP seven. Put, put some damn weight on the bar, basically. Yeah, so yeah, it's like, so I mean, it, it's one of those things that I think, in my opinion, if you're doing RP based training, you're gonna need a coach to kind of tell you what that RP was. Yeah. So because I, I, I mean, a lot of people. I mean, I was uh, during the interview. Garrett said he was kind of against it at first. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people, I think, initially start off as being against it because. I think certain people give it a bad rap, like most things, like in the fitness industry. Yep. Uh, kind of like a sheepish mentality following either RP or percentage-based training is if it's used correctly, it's going to be effective. And I think a best way to do that is have a coach do it for you. Yeah, I think having that that person who's going to be kind of your your the sniff test, right? Yeah. You know that that's so so important and and. That's why I think again, just you, you, I agree with you. You need to have that coach. You need, or not even a coach, but just someone who's going to say you're full of shit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you need someone just to kind of hold you accountable because I've seen that before. But for me, I mean, if I was to judge my own RPE, everything would be RP eight. Okay. Almost seriously everything with my max outs, with the rep tests, with the AMRAPs, with just regular working days. Everything to me feels like an eight. Nothing ever feels like a seven, and nothing ever feels like a nine. Hmm, interesting. I think if I look at certain things, like okay, I'll be getting close to nine, but it starts off with like an eight. Okay. Because like the first four reps were great, smooth. Then the last two reps were like that kind of amrap reps. Yep. yep. Like that was a little forced. And... Like that one was a nine at the end of it. Sure. So sure. I just everything feels like an eight for me. So I'm gonna probably need someone to tell me put some weight on the bar that looked good. Because I, for one, don't have a feel of it as of yet. Sure. Because nothing feels super light, but nothing feels ever, ever super heavy. And this is where, so so we've had this conversation on the show before, and I'm not trying to bring up old topics per se, but I think it's important that where powerlifting kind of be, you, that team aspect is important is whether it's a coach or you just have good training partners that are going to say, yes, man, that, you know, you're talking about squats, yeah, your hips were popping up, like I get it, you got the lift, but... You know, everything was breaking down, so that's mm-hmm. RP 9.5. Yeah. That's, that's where that was today. Yeah, I would say the only RP 10 was that most recent 710 deadlift I had. Because I know how 7, because I, I always say this, if I remember how the lift felt, it mm-hmm. was an RP 10. Okay. Or it was a max effort. Because I just don't remember, if I don't remember certain lifts, that means it happened really fast. I would say my, Third squad at nationals was an RPE ten to ten point five. Yeah, so it's like if you if you remember because I remember my last squat that I took because it was really stupid on the, my mock meet. Yeah, I remember it just in a technical way because I was just descending so slow. I was thinking to myself, why the hell haven't you come up yet? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are you descending? So I was in my own head. But then once I pushed up, I'm like, God, that was terrible. Yeah, with a technique wise, but the weight moved fine because I was able to talk during the weight. So, like, I was able to talk when it came coming up, so I'm like, I could have probably got five more pounds, ten more pounds, maybe. Right. But it was just, I, I still don't remember the lift. I just remember what I did wrong coming down, not coming up. Gotcha. Uh, same thing with the bench. Like, 353 when I hit in the gym, moved really fast. Yeah. Didn't feel anything. Like, I felt every, I just felt everything move in its correct place. Um, and then I racked it. 
deadlift, I remember exactly thinking to myself, why hasn't this weight come off the floor yet? Hmm. This thing that wants to come off the floor, I knew I was good, but I just remember that, like, it's, it's, it's taken, taken way too long. Like, I felt 710. Yeah. When I deadlifted 705, when I deadlifted 722, even 730, hmm. I didn't feel 730. Right. Like, I felt like it was maybe 635 or something, or 650, or like an opener. Right. That's how it kind of felt. I know it didn't look that way, but... That's but then then again the same the eye test it's the field test all that kind of stuff so that's why I would really like a coach to kind of look at RP just be honest everybody just yeah be and uh, we'll get to more of the top uh, we'll actually probably get into a more detailed description of RPE and percentage based training because we had to explain a little bit of that I think so a lot of people are commenting just like can we get an explanation on what it is mm-hmm. and I just didn't feel like commenting yesterday no I think that'll, that'll be good that'll give us a lot of because you know for the next show. I'll repost it. We'll get a lot more comments, and so we can read through the 150 comments that you have by now. Yeah, and you know we'll we'll be able to kind of go through that. I think that'll be a good setup for the show as a very deep, thorough ex- explanation of RPE versus percentage, and uh, then get everybody's dissertations on them. Yeah, I was following. Yeah, I was I was surprised because we hit the century mark once, like on these two white lights topics. Yep, and it was a transgender debate. And, so our, so yeah, this so is, this is how we trigger people. Yeah, well, was it, like, well, it wasn't exactly triggering this time. I guess it was I, I actually a pretty triggering yeah. comments. I should say. Yeah, it was like pretty well like debated, or not even debated really. It's been like all pretty like oh, okay, I can see where you're coming from. It's pretty mild. It's pretty mild. Yeah, it was just so it was, just, it was just too many comments, yeah, and I just couldn't yeah just couldn't read through all of them. So we will get into more detail next week on RP first percentage based training. Um, and we'll get into all your comments because they were good, actually. Yeah. Uh, and you guys often leave good comments. Even this week when people said both, I was getting pissed off initially. <laughs> but then I saw the longer comments. I'm like, oh, okay, this week I'd actually take both. Yeah. Because, I'm like, oh, the question was not – the question was what's more optimal, RP for percentage-based training. We're you said telling, both. We're telling you the oh, that's not really more optimal. Yeah. I'm just telling you if you have to choose one. Pick, one. pick one, guys. Pick one. Okay. But um, thank you for everyone who commented. Get to your comments next week. And to close out the show, unfortunate news in the bodybuilding world. And yeah. I saw this a lot on Facebook and on Instagram through my feed from, yep. like, the few bodybuilders that are personal friends of mine. Mm-hmm. It, all right. So, Sean Roden. Defending Mr. Olympia. Yeah, defending Mr. Olympia, which I didn't even know that. So I didn't know who this guy was. Yeah. And I didn't even know he won Mr. Olympia. I thought he competed in Mr. Olympia. So he's competed for the last, if I recall, like five, six years plus. Yeah. Uh, but he, so, so, and I want to give him the credit where credit is due. He's the guy who dethroned Phil Heath. We did a show talking about bodybuilding and the concept that in bodybuilding is, you know, very subjective. Mm-hmm. And when you were going to beat Phil Heath, it's like if you were going to beat Arnold Schwarzenegger, you are not beating that individual that day. You're beating seven-time Olympia Phil Heath, seven-time Olympia Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. That's a big thing, and he did it. Yeah. He beat seven-time Mr. Olympia Phil Heath. Uh, he has been banned from this year's Olympia. Mm-hmm. And for reasons, if you if you want to get into more details, go hop on TMZ. They got the whole thing about it. It's crazy. I, I'm hoping it's not accurate. Yeah, like, me too. Reading the articles is going to be tough right now. Well, I mean, I think we can mention it's a rape allegation. It is, and it's pretty substantiated with the fact that there are tests, there are warrants, there's a lot of charges, all felony based. It's a lot of stuff. I'm hoping it's wrong, but you know, yeah, that's, it's 
And when I say it sucks, I mean it's if it didn't happen, you hate to see somebody falsely accused. If it did happen, you hate even more to see somebody who is abusing their power. For sure. Yeah. It was so when I saw it myself, I kind of like it was it I, I was comparing it to me never watching a game of football. Sure. And then seeing the OJ like double murder. And like the white okay. Bronco. Like yeah. I'm because like like who the, why why is everyone caring about OJ Simpson? Is it, who is this OJ Simpson man? Yeah. Why yeah. is he popular? Like why do why it's like people are accused of double murder all the time. Then if you find out like oh he was one of the best running backs of all time like oh now it makes sense he's That's a high a profile person. Offense. If you play defense he'd still be a commentator for the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Well, <laughs> I mean, and if he get a uh, we're talking about Ray Lewis, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking of like who is his lawyer? They both have great lawyers. <laughs> one, one Johnny Cochran for Ray Lewis. Yeah. That, so. But uh, and then find found Jesus. Yes. But um, well he's on Twitter now. But so it was equivalent to that. If you guys haven't watched, Jesus or Ray Lewis? Um, uh, okay. OJ, oh, OJ, oh, OJ has a Twitter account now. The juice now. is loose. Yeah, the juice is definitely loose, and some it. of the things he says on Twitter, I'm like, you didn't think that one fully through, but so this guy, these, I mean, he literally... like Trump-level tweets, or not quite there yet? I mean, I'll... Same vein? No, it's it's terrible, because, like, tw- all right, I'm going to get an OJ rant. Do if it. You go, if you go into, like, OJ's Twitter, it's him talking into a fucking screen, which is hilarious. It's just OJ Simpson talking to a screen. Like, he didn't murder two people. Like, it's like, it's like, dude, we all know you murdered two people. Everybody knows so, that. so, like, 100% of the comments are negative. So, all the retweets, all the replies are all negative. So, he's like, what I found about Twitter is you could post things without any repercussions. Well, now I'm on Twitter, and now I get to get back at those people. I'm like, whoa, 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 OJ. Getting back at people is probably not the word you want to use. No, because no. we all know you're... A spiteful, have a lot of revenge in there. So I'm like, okay, stay off Twitter, dude. Dude. But, uh, yeah, he's got a Twitter, but when I saw Sean Roden, like, I just thought he was a bodybuilder, a illustrious bodybuilder. I'm like, okay, I never heard of the name. So, and it's, and it's, it's funny when I saw that, I kind of just like, oh shit, that's terrible. And just kind of scrolled through it. Then I kept on seeing it, seeing like, is this guy like good or something? Is he really, is he a really good powerlifter? Or I mean, a really good bodybuilder? Yeah. And then I searched, like, oh, he was defending Mr. Olympia. That is. That's a big deal. Yeah. And that's why it's getting kind of high profile too on that. So. Yeah. But again, it's one of those where just, it's a horrible situation. You hope that it's incorrect. And if it is correct, you know, you just hope justice is actually served. It sounds like it's, uh, you know, there'll be more to come on that, but. Yeah, um, for sure. Interesting, interested to see what the Olympia looks like this year now. Yeah, I still don't care with it because sure. I just like don't really watch the Olympia at all ever and, in my life. And but honestly, and this is where Cause I, I'm, I'm like done with knowing because Phil Heath, I think, was the last guy my brain and uh, Kai Green, right? That my brain could handle as far as like knowing who power uh, body and they keep on trying to call them powerlifters because fucking because that, that's where you're at powerlifting podcast hosts. Yeah. <laughs> so. I um get it. Yes. But what, was it, what I'm interested to see is, and, and my beautiful wife is in the in the evil layer with us, and she and I are going to Las Vegas for the Olympia this year, and uh, excited to do that. And I want to see, with Phil having now lost, that mystique is not gone, but it's definitely uh, flawed. There's chink in the armor, so to speak. Does Kai Green come back? I would be very interested to see if that happens. Because, again, now you've got... You have Sean Roden's out. You got these two who, you know, for a long time were the only two main bodybuilders out there. Everybody else was kind of second uh, fiddle. 
So now, granted, I, I do know a few more bodybuilders, but these two popularity-wise are still the, the biggest one. So I'd be very interested to see if Kai Green comes back for this Olympia. Yeah, and when that happens, you can do all the covering of it because I'm that. I'm not going to probably say a word to be like, oh, that guy was muscular. <laughs> um, and then compared to the other muscular guy, yeah, he was uh, slightly also, more muscular. I think also, I still don't know. Also very bad. You know what? And I'm looking at Kai Green's hair the entire time. Like yep. I can't even see this fucking guy's muscle because he has the greatest hair I've ever seen on a person. And that's and that's breathtaking coming from. Well, I mean, it's not like quality. But it's just like it's it's insane to see his hair. The the quantity is legit. I yeah, it. I it's 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 unique. It but I again I it's it's really unfortunate news and I'm if now I hate to speculate but I'm a journalist. Got to do what you got to do, man. But um, I'm just gonna naturally assume that he did it because it seems like the evidence is pointing that way. And Sean Roden, you're a piece of shit. So you're 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 a complete dickhead, and. You deserve to spend the rest of your days in jail. Because that's what happens when you rape someone. I will, you suck. I will just hold off on that. And the only reason being is because I do believe in innocent to proven guilty. But yeah. if he's found guilty, agree 100%. Yeah. And yeah, I will end the show on just Sean Roden. Evidence is pointing to the fact that you're a terrible human being. It is. And deserve is. to rest to spend the rest of your days in jail. Yep. All right. So that's going to do it for Two White Lights. We ended on a somber note there. We did. If you guys even made it to that, because I think like once that Garrett Fear interview kind of closed out, yeah, I mean, you people really like we got a lot of information there. We yeah, got a lot you of really talking. Hear us anymore? Probably, yeah, probably not. But we have more interviews coming. We um, we're looking uh, down the road. Really, really good interviews. We got our two biggest fan requested interviews for you guys. Hopefully, they'll come on the show again because I really enjoyed Sean and Garrett. Yes. Um, but that's it for me. Anything to add? That's all I got, man. All right. I'm the co-host for me, you know, Enzo, and I'll see you guys next week. Deuces.